Welcome to the Priory Learning Trust podcast, TPLT Talks. Okay, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to podcast number two. Um, those of you who listened in last week, I introduced you to Lisa Dads and Danny Lang from the Central team. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Um, I did talk last week about it being a teaching and learning podcast, and then by the end of it, we realised we hadn't touched on teaching and learning. I just kind of introduced you to Danny and, and Lisa. Um, but I think from the feedback that I got, people people enjoyed that. Um, an opportunity to get to know some people that they don't meet very often. Um, I think that was a really nice introduction to our podcast. But into the meat of it. So today we are going to do some teaching and learning. And today I'm in uh, Tikasa with Seb Witts and George Penman. Um, Seb and George have been uh, responsible, I suppose, this year for implementing the approach to science of learning that has now been adopted right the way through the school. And I've invited them in today just to tell us a little bit about it. So, Seb, perhaps if you want to do a little introduction about yourself, um, how you ended up here, um, and then perhaps, George, you do the same, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So over to you. Uh, my name's uh, Seb Witz. I'm Vice Principal at TCASA in charge of curriculum and teaching and learning and I've, I've been here for seven years now. Uh, started off teaching the geography department and then sort of had a comment onto the leadership team, assistant principal and, and now vice principal. Um, and seen loads and loads of change over that period. But um, I think, you know, we're in a really good kind of situation now with the science of learning, moving sort of pedagogy forward. Um, and really excited about how this looks sort of next year after it's not something we've implemented just in one year, but something we're building into the second year and the third year and the fourth year after that. So, yeah. Excellent. Good. Yeah, my name's George Penman. Uh, I've been here at TCASA for about six years now. Worked within the, the history department as a second in history, uh, then came over to the, the dark side of pastoral, uh, worked as a second in, um, in charge of year 11, and then became head of year 8, head of year 9, head of year 10, head of year 11 and then has just recently become seconded onto the, the leadership team uh, now with uh, an acting assistant principal role in charge of conduct and culture. Brilliant, thank you George. So interesting George that you've ended up driving on a teaching and learning initiative as a pastoral leader. Perhaps that's something we'll unpick later on. Yeah absolutely. Um, but really interested to know guys and, and obviously I know a little bit because I was here at the time um, but you know why science and learning? Why did, we why did you choose to go down that route? What have you implemented? And perhaps what impact have you found it's had? So quite a lot of questions there in one hit, but um, let you guys kind of unpick it. I think I guess the the start of the idea when me and George kind of met um, last summer mm. uh, was that idea. Me and George both probably um, are a bit hesitant uh, around sort of fads in education, and I think we're probably both uh, we both experienced lots of new novel ideas sort of being sold as if it was going to sort of change the world and ultimately it created a lot of change um, for the staff, but maybe not for sort of the students uh, and not for the actual learning that was going on. So we started developing the science of learning kind of umbrella to draw together, ultimately just an approach where we look at research, we look at the best of cognitive science and we use it in what's going on in the classroom. And so we wanted to make sure that you know, it, it wasn't this one idea. It wasn't just, although we talk a lot about retrieval practice, it wasn't just retrieval practice is going to solve all the problems. It's a case of we're going to take the science of learning approach where we start to use research-informed ideas in the classroom. 
And that was really, really important to us. Obviously, after that, you know, staff want to know what do we mean by the science of learning? And, and that's where we start getting to some suggested strategies that we have used right across school. But ultimately, the most important thing about science of learning strategy is it is reorientating what we do in a classroom to look at research, to look at the best that you know, cognitive science tells us about how people learn and how we get more knowledge into our brains. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Seb. I think we were very, very conscious of, you know, not just telling people what they already know and not just sticking a label on something and, and suggesting that we had, you know, invented something new. Um, but I think also a, a huge part of this for me was not just about telling teachers how to teach or what to teach or, or you know, why they're teaching in a certain way, but just making students sort of, you know, conscious of exactly what the best, best methods of learning are, how they learn and, and why they're learning in the ways that they are. So actually it's just making them aware of, okay, this is why your teacher is teaching you in this way, because it helps you learn in, in this, you know, in this way and it helps move that knowledge into your long-term memory in, in this way. Um, so that was a big part of it for me was that kind of metacognition strand, I suppose. Yeah. Really interesting to, uh, sorry, really interesting to see that you're, you're taking a two-pronged approach to this. This is not something we're doing to the children. It's something we're doing with them. Um, and, and has that given you greater buy-in, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting with the sort of metacognition side of it. You know, we started off with a homework policy that we worked on last year that fundamentally beneath it was lots of cognitive science. But we didn't make that overt to students. We kind of introduced a new homework policy for Key Stage 3 and worked with them on it. And it's really interesting this year to then for them to immediately have a vehicle to apply the science of learning to. So when we're talking about things around, you know, dual coding, when we're talking about retrieval practice, they can see that in lessons organised by staff, but also they go home and they spend 40 minutes every evening, you know, independently applying what they've done. And seeing in the first, in the first few months where we started to do the um, uh, metacognition stuff in PSHCE and tutor time, and seeing students come in with their homework, but this time with, you know, armed with strategies of how I can actually get this information from a knowledge organiser into my mind, you know, was really, really powerful. Um, I think it's great, you know, ultimately kids are really excited, can't you, and tell you when they've done some dual coding. They are. <laughs> I think just to add to that, I think the beauty of the beauty of the science of learning idea and the, the notion of it is its simplicity is the fact that, you know, we pitched this to the, the staff body um, 12 months ago, whatever it was. And it, it was not dissimilar from what I was pitching to the year sixes on their transition at the beginning of their transition in terms of the model. It's because it's just not rocket science. It's just about making it really, really plain and transparent that if you go over something repeatedly, you're going to learn it. If you do it once or twice and don't do it again for six months or two years or, or five years, you're probably not going to learn it and it's probably not going to be retained. So it's, it's, it really isn't rocket science, but it's just making it overt and explicit to the students, the parents, the teachers, of course, that, that you know, this is how you learn. So, so for, for colleagues out there who haven't really uh, may, maybe applied science to learning yet, um, or even some of the, 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 the techniques you discussed, the dual code and the retrieval practice. Break it down for me. What did, what did you do? What, what does this mean in a classroom environment? Um, 
So as Seb was saying, I mean, this this is not something that we've only recently come to. So for a long time, Seb kind of, you know, led on the ideas of knowledge quizzes um, as examples of retrieval practice. So frequently reviewing knowledge that's been taught um, you know, over the last year or over the last key stage. So we just, you know, that's that's a really sort of simple method of this retrieval practice is just asking students to, you know, spend five or ten minutes at the beginning of their lesson going through some of that knowledge and seeing what they can recall. But the tweaks that we implemented last summer was about trying to think more smartly about those knowledge quizzes. So just thinking, okay, where actually are we drawing that knowledge from? Where are we asking students to draw that knowledge from? Is it just a sort of, you know, a sort of routine 10 questions from the last lesson? Or is it actually going to be more specific and smarter than that? Is it actually going to be asking them to draw from pinch points from the last, you know, as I say, the last year or the last couple of years? what are the things that we want to know from doing those quizzes? Are we unsure about how well they've learned something a couple of years ago or, or a year ago? Are we therefore going to ask questions on that to give us a better understanding and inform our teaching going forward? So so basically developing, uh, spending much more time planning and thinking about the questions you're going to ask and why you want to ask them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's that's what you're describing to me there. So 100%. you know, rather than just doing a starter activity, which is the review of what we did last lesson, some of it might be what we did last lesson, but some of it might be what we did last week and some of it what we did last month and some of it what you did last year. Yep. So you're constantly bringing those reminders through. Is that, that, yeah. that what you're describing to me? Yeah, Completely. definitely. But I think one thing with the knowledge quiz as well is that it's not just a case of sort of talking about, oh, knowledge quizzes are good, retrieval practice are good, you know, let's, let's do it as frequently as possible. We've also built it into school systems. So there will be three knowledge quizzes every learning cycle. Those are attached to checking whether students are progressing through their homework. Students record that in their homework books. And it's about, yes, we do want as much retrieval practice happening, you know, based on the teacher designing it. But at the same time, school systems are supporting it and giving a kind of vehicle for retrieval practice to be happening. So it's not just a suggestion that we'd really like you to think about your questions. It's we're now going to build the systems in as well to ensure that this becomes routine. Yeah. So th- this is something that the students will recognise in every room they go to and every lesson they get? Absolutely. And actually, even even more than that, it's really interesting when, when visiting the primary schools and talking to the Year 6, they already know what knowledge quizzes are, the Year 6s, because they've either done them in some of their transition lessons or their siblings have done them routinely at King Alfred's. So it's, it's, you know, it's, a mu- it's very much part of the kind of vocabulary in the community as well as just in the school. I think something as well in terms of if we rewind to science of learning being this idea of an umbrella term, it's you know a commitment to staff that it's not something that's going to just disappear. It's something that is pervasive, and you know we've made it particularly overt this year to staff and the students, but they know that the homework policy is influenced by that. They know that the way we want them to design. Um, design lessons is influenced by that. We know that the follow-up that we do with intervention are using science of learning. And it's not just, you know, it's, it's an approach. It's a, it's a way of thinking about how you design, you know, a learning journey for students right across the school. It's not, this is something we want to see, you know, at the just at the end of a lesson in isolation. It's something that is about the way we're going to approach learning. So it's not just a label then, said for something that good teachers have done for 20-odd years anyway? I think it is in some ways. <laughs> I think it is. But I think, it, you know, going back to what we were saying at the beginning, it's not just about saying, you know, 
this is what you're already doing. Because there's no point in just going up in front of staff and saying, look, you're already doing this, but you know, this is what you're doing. Actually, we want to say you are doing this, but here's why you're doing it. And here's why it works. And here's why it's getting results. And also, obviously, making that really clear to the kids as well. You know, why, why am I having to do quizzes all the time? Why am I having to do knowledge organising? Well, you're doing it because it works because of, you know, the science of learning. So it's more about, for me, it's more about the dialogue and it's more about the sort of thinking process behind it than it is actually changing a great deal, I think. It's, you know, it's just good it, teaching. It is literally the science <laughs> behind good teaching. That's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, completely. Good learning, definitely. I think it's, I think it's what, you know, with teaching, there's always that kind of discussion there around whether a good teacher is just a natural at teaching. But actually, it's really important that we draw out those those truths that we can kind of just, you know, naturally feel. We know when we've had a good lesson. We know our lesson's not going well, but we can't always identify the characteristics of that lesson that we could share across a department. Sometimes it, it yeah, looks yeah. to sort of someone else that that's just a good teacher and then naturally they're, they're born like that. Whereas actually there's a huge skill set that they're implementing in that hour or, you know, in that learning. But actually those good teachers find it really difficult sometimes to articulate what they've done. Exactly. Yeah? yeah. I, I, I remember back to, um, to an inspection actually many years ago where, you know, the, the lead inspector fed back to me, that lesson was just brilliant. You know, it actually didn't quite fit the mould of a traditional lesson, but I couldn't take anything away from it. Yeah. And when I kind of started to unpick with the inspector, well, what was it? Why was it? It was the questioning. Yeah. Mm. It was the recall. It was the thought that the teacher had put into. Yeah. Every bit of this lesson is going to draw on knowledge, is going to identify that they've learned, is going to move them on. Yeah. When I brought the teacher in to have the conversation with the teacher yeah. and said, I need you to share your practice with other colleagues. Yeah. It was kind of like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. This is just what I do. Yeah. So is it part of what you're doing here is helping those really good teachers identify what it is they do yeah. and then share that as well? It's, it's drawing that out and giving it a shared language across the school so that they, people know what we're talking about when we talk about interleaving. They know when we're talking about uh, you know dual coding. They know all of these different things. And we talk specifically about questioning and and what good high quality questioning looks like and it's ultimately you know, sometimes you know our job when we're sort of leading on teaching and learning are taking these things codifying them and putting in a way that we can share and i guess you know science and learning is an overall approach but i guess you could equally look at it as a, a language to articulate quality yeah. first teaching exactly mm. and all the features of we i was just going to say we wanted staff to increase their thinking load but decrease their working load. You know, if you if you use the science of learning strategies, they aren't onerous. You know, good questioning doesn't take any time to, to deliver. It just takes a bit of time to think about. Um, dual coding isn't something that's going to take a long time to prepare for your lesson. It just needs a bit of thinking about, actually, how do I want them to dual code? How do I want them to implore these strategies in, in, in the lesson? So getting back away from, you know, lots of that onerous marking and, and stacks of books and all of that, but actually just think more about what you want the kids to achieve and how you're going to deliver it in a way that they can achieve that. Really like that, George, that thought that, you know, rather than putting the hours into the PowerPoint presentation, you put the hours into thinking about how you're going to unpick and how you're going to explore, what questions you're going to use Absolutely. and who you're going to target them at. Yeah. Is, is, how, did you, how did your teacher who's been teaching 25 years and thinking, you know, I've got this, react to you introducing some of this new ideology? You take that one, George. Yeah, but surprisingly well. Um, that was definitely a, a concern of ours. Um, not that we've in any way got 
got staff that we didn't think would get on board because we know they will and we know that they they have done with lots of other initiatives and things that that we've driven over the last few years but there was definitely a concern there that some staff might say well you're, you're just telling me what i already know you know like we've already kind of reiterated a couple of times but actually they completely didn't they said actually this is a way of articulating really clearly what we did what we're doing really well you know what we're doing successfully um and the the level of buy-in in terms of not just incorporation to schemes of learning and and you know, incorporations into to lessons but also willingness to talk about it and willingness to share it with students and willingness to to have those conversations in their departments has been has been incredible actually um and the challenge now is just to make sure that that continues as much as possible for the next so have months. you noticed colleagues in the staff room having conversations about this and yeah, well and i was just thinking when you're talking that through can you remember the the car park conversation oh, yes yeah. So uh, a very well-established member of staff after we'd done the inset that we launched uh, virtually because of COVID. And, and obviously me and George were kind of concerned about that new format. You know, what does that mean for launching a new initiative across the school in a virtual format? Is that going to get the same level of buy-in? You know, are, is it easy to ignore? Um, and we launched it. And then in September, I think it's probably around September, mm really established member of staff out in the car park stopped some students asked them some questions i think it was about the english civil war they answered correctly and the member of staff looked up at me and george and said this stuff works doesn't it <laughs> and that was one of those little conversations on those moments where you're kind of like that's a, that's a huge level of buy-in yeah. and it, yeah, it made us feel really good about it right yeah Abs absolutely i mean I do increasing numbers of walking around the school, popping into classrooms, and, and literally just today there was a, uh, a music lesson happening with um, the head of creative arts, teaching about key signatures in music and using codes and, and using mnemonics and using all sorts of science learning strategies just to teach the kids some very straightforward terminology with regards to music. But the kids got it. They recognised the fact that looking at that image denotes this key signature. And, you know, and again, she turned around and went, that's dual coding. So it's not just that the kids are doing it, but the kids know what it is and they know the terminology, which is key. And that's, that is one strength of, of some of the work here is the, the take up from those practical subjects. In terms of if we think about it sort of learning and it's about knowing, and at TCASA we've had, you know, just amazing take up in the creative subjects, really sort of running with this. That's really interesting, isn't it? Is yeah. it yeah, is that something you expected or is that...? Uh, knowing the staff in those subjects, yes, but... Having worked in lots of other schools, I know that sometimes initiatives like that can, you know, sometimes they can think, well, we're different. We're, you know, we're skills based uh, and sort of knowledge is less of an issue in our subject. But, you know. But those are the subjects where actually you rely on questioning particularly yeah. and, and explanation yeah. um, much, much more. There's less written work, there's less book time. So actually the interaction between teacher and student, yeah. the spot in the opportunities to teach. Mm. Um, and seizing them, yeah. and then using the right techniques when you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think it is exciting that that's happened. And, and you think in terms of in those subjects, you know, sometimes even more so than maybe more traditional academic subjects, you know, you need them to be able to retrieve knowledge really, really quickly to apply it to an instrument they're playing in that moment. And at that moment, they're synthesizing so many different types of knowledge, you know, so many pieces of individual, you know, knowings, and actually applying it to this this one piece of woodwork they're doing. And actually we need students to be even more fluent in those subjects with recalling and retrieving that knowledge. It goes back to the knowledge versus skills thing, doesn't it? And how mm. you know, it isn't just 
skills, lots of knowledge <laughs> in, a, in a very specific way and very specific order and fashion. Okay, well, really interesting where, where you've gone with this and, and how quickly you've managed to embed this. For, for colleagues who've not seen it, colleagues around the trust perhaps in other schools or um, colleagues who are not necessarily in classrooms all the time but are interested, what does this actually look like in a classroom? What is, what is the structure? How does this fit into the structure of a lesson? Mm -hmm. So, you know, as we've talked about being, you know, quality first teaching and things like that, you know, it lended itself reasonably straightforward without too much kind of adjusting of, of anything that we, we do in school. We've got obviously the silent starters right across uh, secondary provision. Um, what it means is those silent starters, you know, they are interleaved tasks. So they are tasks that are pulling from different aspects of the curriculum. Um, what it means is those silent starters are tasks that are building knowledge schemas. So it's not just random questions or sort of drawing on random pieces of information. It's that staff have thought about, well, if they understand this piece of component knowledge, that then allows them to build on and develop this that I'm going to be, you know, building on in the lesson. So sort of thinking about how that happens and how the silent starter can help to make those connections between different pieces of knowledge to build that knowledge schema. Um, it's knowledge quizzes, like we talked about, happening three times a cycle, checking, you know, what students know um, in a low stakes way. Yeah. Um, Is that key, lo the low stakes bit? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and that took a while to get to. You know, when we first introduced that, that idea of quizzing and quizzing more frequently, sometimes students, you know, when their knowledge was being checked, they felt stressed. Oh, they only got seven out of 10. Exactly. Oh my God. And yeah. it created this huge issue and sort of, you know, obviously it's a continuing kind of journey, but getting to that idea that it's fine. Yeah. There's gaps in knowledge identified. You know, if anything, it is just empowering you to know where the gaps are and then do something about it. And so knowledge quizzes, if there's a particularly sort of, if someone um, doesn't do as well as they could have done knowledge quiz, then they spend lunchtime in homework support. And that is a relatively low key space, good learning environment where students can spend some time closing gaps in knowledge. And shifting that perspective from, this is basically a detention, isn't it, sir? <laughs> to, no, it's a, it's, you know, it's a quality learning environment where you're going to come, you're going to eat your lunch, and you're going to work just to close those gaps in knowledge. Did you get pushback from parents in that as well? Yes. Yeah. We yeah. <laughs> Why are you students. putting my child in detention all the time? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but we spent a lot of time um, pre-COVID uh, getting parents in, um, running workshops on you know, how students learn at King Alfred's. Um, and we had huge numbers of kind of parents set up to that. Yeah. Um, and that generally, I think, you know, ultimately with that then, after that first year, it starts to be an accepted part of the culture. And like George is saying, you go into the feeder schools now, you know, the year sixes know what we're talking about. They're using that language. You know what I mean? They know what to expect. And so when they come up in year seven, there isn't that shock that we're mm -hmm. going to say, oh, but you don't know these things. You need to make sure you do. You've got homework support. You're going to eat your lunch. You're going to spend some time with a member of staff making sure that those gaps in knowledge are closed. I've heard you mention Retrieval 10s as well. Where, where, does, where does that fit in? Yeah, Retrieval. What is it? Again, it's it's a rebranding of a plenary in, in many ways. <laughs> um, but it's not. I mean, it's it's thinking about 
you know, we, we recognise the fact that retrieval practice is important throughout the curriculum and throughout the throughout the lesson, um, but also understanding that we want every single child to walk out of a lesson thinking, I know what I learned and I know that I know what I learned, you know, and, and, yeah, yeah. and that knowledge is going to stay. So it gives us an opportunity not just to, I mean, it is about assessment for learning. It is about checking what they've understood and what they haven't and how I'm going to redesign the next lesson based on what they've done. But it also gives the students an opportunity to, to leave feeling that sort of sense of accomplishment and that sense of actually, do you know what? I've, I've learned that. I've understood it because I've then done well at the end of the, at the, end of the, the lesson with the Retrieval 10 activity. And I think it's really important that you design those activities so that they do breed success, so they do give students an opportunity of all different, you know, levels and all different, um, you know, all different levels of student to be able to feel that success and to be able to feel that they've managed to accomplish something. If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, maybe something you've heard, something you'd like to find out more about, or maybe you'd like to contribute and join us on one of the shows, please don't hesitate to drop me an email. Uh, that'll be at nathan.jenkins at theplt.org.uk Where are you taking this next? You talked at the beginning, Seb, about year two, year three, year four, year five. Where, where do you take this? Where does it go next? How do you develop this? So there's two sort of avenues that we're we kind of see as natural kind of progression on from this. So um, the science of learning uh, initiative, we're, we're sort of the metacognition side of it, the students knowing, you know, how they learn or why they're doing what they're doing. We really want to build on, because like we said, we felt that was really successful this year. Um, so we've had members of staff right across school that have got really on board with the science of learning and can see, you know, how powerful it's been. So that's being rolled out with uh, students as sort of a more cohesive kind of package with them at how we learn at TCASA. And that's kind of a package of transition sessions that George has been leading when he's gone into the primary schools. Um, it's induction days, it's transition days, um, it's tutor time activities in PM Reg, um, and it's also PSHC. And all of that fits under that umbrella of how we learn at TCASA, which is the science of learning, but the student facing version of it um so we're really building on that next year um and also you know as a school uh, we really want to start looking at assessment um and and ultimately what do all of these things that we've you know gone through and learned this year what do they look like when we zoom in on that part of the learning experience that is assessment and and george kind of touched on it when we're talking about the the knowledge quizzes but what are the curriculum consequences from assessment yeah, I guess where I was going next with this would, would was going to be down the route of what's the impact, mm -hmm. and and I guess that ties back in very clearly to are we doing the right type of assessment? What are we, yeah. what are we trying to measure yeah. before we can measure the impact? I, I am interested though in unpicking how, you know, you two guys out of what, over a hundred members of staff, mm -hmm. have you have you disseminated this? You know, one inset wasn't going to nail it. What else have you done? Yeah, we, we totally recognised that one inset wasn't going to be sufficient to, to change the culture full stop. Um, but we also recognise that we don't have all the answers either. And we realised that for it to be successful and, and for it to be a well-established um, thing that we do at the, at the school, we wanted it to be grown continually in the staff room. 
so we we harness the fact that we have learning forums already um, which are you know designed to promote different aspects of teaching and learning to encourage staff to undertake their own action research so to encourage members of different departments right across across the school to incorporate science of learning strategies in their departments in their classrooms to see what works for them and they're doing that and they've, they've done that this year and i think definitely going forward we want to continue that and we want to encourage them to do more of that to experience you know what works and what doesn't and to disseminate that again more broadly with the rest of the staff we want to continue to encourage staff to continue with their own professional development their own reading their own engagement with the with the literature out there because it is a it's an ever-changing sort of beast you know and there's, there's all the time there's there's new stuff being published and i think it's really important that we keep on top of that and we don't just say right we've done science of learning now let's move on and forget about it yeah and, and you've deliberately then not made this just a top-down, this is a new initiative, folks, led by the leadership team, you're all going to do it. You've kind of, you did launch, yep. but you've, it's, it's grown then, yeah, organically almost. Completely, and I think that's really important. I think that's probably one of the one or two most important reasons why it's been successful is because the staff have felt like it's their own. You know, they've, they've, they've absolutely, you see going through classrooms, they feel like, well, I've put this together, I've created this, I've done this bit of research, I know what I'm talking about now. It's not just... You know, regurgitating something that's been done to them by by any of us. Um, I was thinking about it. It's also, I think, really powerful that when we have delivered kind of more traditional, you know, inset kind of um, aspects of the science of learning, we've made sure that that's accompanied with time to do something about it. Yeah. Um, so it's not just a case of kind of overload of people talking or watching videos or reading or whatever. It's then accompanied with and you've got, you know, with the inset date, you've got three hours this afternoon. What does that look like? Spend some time implementing that, you know, discuss that. Um, okay, so yeah, literally in the inset, giving people time to plan yeah, and think and, and talk. Like you said, you know, let, let's not go away and create loads of new PowerPoints. Let's mm. sit yeah. down and talk about why yeah. and how. How many, you know, how many great ideas do you have after receiving a bit of CPD? And then you go on to the next busy thing and it's gone. Thing, I forget about it. Brilliant. Guys, look, I, we've we've already covered quite a lot, um, and we haven't nearly got into the meat of this. Um, but we're we're probably coming towards the end of this this little podcast. If I'm honest, I'm really I think I'm really keen to come back and talk again. Um, I'm, I may be invited to bring some colleagues with you. Maybe have have implemented some of these strategies. Definitely. You know, and I'm sure there are going to be colleagues right the way across the trust who will want to find out a little bit more. Um, I know I think you're doing some work across the primaries. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And I know, you know, conversations have been had with with colleagues across the secondaries as well. But, you know, I'm really keen to, to, to unpick this more, I think, in some future podcasts. You up for that? Definitely. All right, Definitely. good. And there'll be people who want to come with you and talk more? Yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, all right, excellent. Yeah. That'd be good. Look, I'm sure if you guys out there do want to find out a little bit more, Seb and George are more than happy to... Um, to pick up an email but again if you want to send that any emails through to me um, I'll put the address on again now when we finish my email address just in case you do guys really really interesting to talk to you you know I've I'm lucky enough that I've been able to see this happening hence I've asked you to come and talk to us today yeah. um, you know I didn't just uh, just just pluck you off the street for a podcast <laughs> um, but I you know I, I think colleagues will be interested in the impact of this I'm really keen to see the impact further down the road and as you said Seb um, maybe that's where we're now going to have a look at our assessment assessment tools um, to make sure that we are measuring the impact more effectively. And that, that colleagues, is something that I'm, I'm keen to do next year. So, guys, thank you ever so much for, for your time today. Um, really interesting to listen to you, really interesting to watch this science of learning journey 
over the next couple of years uh, right the way across our trust I hope yeah definitely thanks guys thank you thanks for having us I also better mention and say thank you to the resident Burnham and Highbridge Seagulls for their accompaniment during uh, the whole recording of our podcast there okay cheers guys take care okay I think that just about wraps up the podcast uh, massive thanks to our guests today as always, if you'd like to get in touch, if you'd like to contribute, if you'd like to email me, my email address is nathan.jenkins at theplt.org.uk. This has been the Primary Learning Trust Podcast, TPLT Talks.